0: I'm like, okay, got to stand up. Legs yeah. won't move. Oh, okay. Legs aren't moving. Yeah, I'm like, come on, legs, got to get up. They're not moving. So for a second, I'm like, am I paralyzed now? Is this what's ha- is this what my life is now?
1: What the fuck was I thinking? what the fuck was i thinking podcast episode number something i don't know i have a bunch of these in the can so we'll be doing them this is the number that's on the thing you click that's what number it is we are doing another episode with a new a a brand new person who i've never actually talked to in real life or as close to real life as we can get during covid 19 isolation time the premise of this podcast very simply is we're doing an analyzation of poor choices under stress. I want everybody to know there's this crazy hero culture in self-defense where people are obsessed with like always being perfect. And if you've ever done the job for real, you realize that perfect is far from what happens in a real life situation. So we're going to tell a fun story. If you want to hear the self-defense lessons about that, feel free to jump on my Patreon $5 level tier two, and you'll get all of the extra content from all three podcasts. Randy King live with, uh, Devil's Advocate for Self-Defense, and of course, the podcast you're listening to right now. So today I have on the show, TJ, TJ, why don't you tell the people a little bit about
0: yourself? Well, I'm a Virgo. I was uh, born under the water. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> I am a Virgo, though, for anyone that actually cares. People do legit care. Like, you just yeah. even,
1: you gained a ton of fans and lost a ton of fans all yeah. at the same time
0: right there. People are, half the people already probably realize, or think they know where the story's going just based on that. <laughs> <laughs> Always Such a Virgo. I yeah. know what's going
1: to happen here.
0: <laughs> yeah. Born in Toronto. Kind of born and raised in Toronto. Traveled around a bit. As a young child, was just obsessed with martial arts, martial arts movies. My era was the karate. Kid, blood sport, kickboxer, I'd enter the dragon. You know, grew up in my elementary and high school years with Street Fighter Mortal Kombat, so I was just really entrenched in this stuff. Loved martial arts my whole life. As an adult, got into teaching self-defense, got into Krav Maga, started training it for a while. Fell in love with that, started teaching it. Got into combat sports, Training combat sports, uh, primarily the striking arts, and had a couple of Muay Thai fights in 2007. Then kind of got into Heinz 57, a different martial arts, whether it be Irish stick fighting I was training in, uh, Bujinkan Taijutsu, so kind of jumping around here and there. But always came back to a love and appreciation for the simple boxing Muay Thai. Not extensive jiu-jitsu, but on and off jiu-jitsu over the years. Enough to have some ground awareness and some movement and escapes on the ground, but nothing too crazy. I find I gravitate more towards striking arts. That's kind of where I'm at now. I spent, I don't know, sub, between 15 and 20 years, I want to say 15, 16 years doing bar security and kind of grew from working the little washroom post up to working door and managing security at bars and venues. And I, I now, for the last couple of years, have also worked in executive protection, executive security, close protection. Long story short, I spent a long time in martial arts, a long time in security, and focused my most of my work in my life on where they overlap.
1: That's awesome. So it's, it's funny. It seems like and I, I always use Dungeons and Dragons as an example, because I'm a huge nerd. It seems like almost there's like three character builds for people that eventually teach martial arts. So we have a very similar character build, right? I was a bouncer. I also like striking arts. I do enough jujitsu that when people say I'm a bullshit artist, I say I do jujitsu and they shut up, which is kind of nice. So but it's just, just the right amount that I can do it and also have the ground awareness. TJ, why don't you tell us your story?
0: Cool. Uh, I have plenty to choose from, but the one that came to mind when you said uh, lessons learned from mistakes made, I also have lots of those, but I'll give you the, the worst fight I've ever been in, uh, insecurity. I, I classify it as worst fight because I sustain, it's the fight that I sustain the worst injury that I've ever sustained in a fight or in a violent scenario. I was working downtown Toronto at a club called Century Room at the time. It's now rebranding and stuff, but the venue's still there. We were short-staffed that night. There's probably 10 of us to run the whole club. And I can't remember how many people we'd have in the club, what capacity it was, but we'd have anywhere from 700 to 900 people run through there in a night. So take a guess on the sizes there. I was that night, uh, typically my position would be at that time, kind of doing a roaming around one of the roaming teams. You'd have a partner, you roam around to deal with issues, Eject anybody that needs to be ejected. Help with anything, first aid, so on and so forth. But we were so short of staffed, I was stuck at the back of the smoking patio. So put on my coat. And I'm way in the back, kind of in the in the cheap seats, still attached to the radio. And I don't. It was probably about midway through the night. I hear over the radio that there's, and I hear kind of like panic on the radio that something's going on in the front room, like there's some sort of fight, and it's big. And one of our guys is kind of caught in the middle of it, without thinking. I just ran, (laughs) just, you just go to the trouble. I go there and at the time I didn't know this, but it ended up being triads. So it was when I, when I show up on the scene, it felt like what I would describe as a firefight in like in Fallujah, but instead of bullets, it's glass, shot glasses, vases, ice, rocks, glasses, chairs, kind of everything's being thrown uh, because it was a VIP table section. So imagine if you go out to a nightclub, anything they have on the VIP tables was a projectile and there was a glass shattering every half a second. I'm kind of standing on the outskirts watching what's happening. I see over to my left is just kind of like a, uh, the invisible circle that, the invisible force field that the bystanders are standing behind. And there's all the action over to my right. So while I'm kind of just taking an assessment here, I see our guys are kind of in the mix of it. I'm kind of inching closer. And one guy I see stand up on one of the benches and he takes a 750 mil, that's a 26 ouncer for the American watches, a bottle of Belvedere vodka and whips it, launches it at a table in the corner. So I was at this point, a couple arms lengths from him. So he throws it. So I reached up and I grabbed him and I rotated it and I rotated it to pull him off the bench and put him on the floor. And as I do that, just out on my peripheral, I catch from behind me, boom, bottle on the head. It was another 750 mil Belvedere. I have a scar uh, here uh, from one, and I have a scar here from one. I think that was the one that hit me on the back, which did the big damage. So the bottle broke. I dropped down to the floor. Now, at the moment, I feel if anyone's been concussed, it's like you feel like you're underwater. It sounds muffled. You can't really think too clearly. But at this moment, everything kind of slowed down, right? I'm able. My, my thoughts are happening clearly. I'm, ta- I'm having a dialogue with myself. Meanwhile, everything's like in slow motion around me. So I thought, okay, I got to get up and fight. Cause I just got clocked in the head. I'm down on the ground and something else is coming, (laughs) you know? I'm like, okay, got to stand up. Legs won't move. Legs aren't moving. Yeah. I'm like, come on, legs got to get up. They're not moving. So for a second, I'm like, am I paralyzed now? Is this what's Is this what my life is now? I thought, okay, well, if I can't move my legs, I can't move. I at least got to cover my head. So I put my hands up to cover my head couple, what seems like maybe five, 10 seconds in my head goes by, nothing's happening, right? I'm being left alone. I'm like, okay, well, my arms are moving, my legs aren't, so I'm going to use my arms to crawl myself out of here. So I start military crawling across the floor. As I do that, I get nailed in the head with another one of those bottles. So two, two Belvederes, right? I made a joke with my family at the time that they were at least kind enough to smash and disinfect the vodka at the same time. You know, it's a little bit the gentlemanly way to do it.
1: (laughs) I love how you're like, oh, you know, like, let's look at the bright side of this. At least it wasn't like a bottle of infection. There was some kind of disinfectant. That's awesome. Sorry, keep going.
0: You you hear the stories of the Glasgow smile where they like piss and shit on a blade and carve a smile on your face to infect it. Yeah. You know, but uh, I appreciate that at least there's vodka in there to do a little bit of work. That's perfect. Um, so, I get to this is, the, as I said, the VIP section where they have their table service. So, I get to the spot now after those two blows where there's like six inch drop, five, six inch drop to the dance floor. So, I flip myself over onto my ass and I push myself backwards, scoot backwards onto the floor. It's a bit of a drop. As I do that, the guy that was hitting me with those two bottles came up and just stomped right in my face. I had like a big red footprint for a couple of days after on the side of my face. And I back up. Now, my legs are starting to have some like twitching available now. <laughs> so my, my legs are coming back online. This dude's girlfriend or a girl that was with that group is begging him to stop. He's coming at me. She's begging him to stop. So he does. He stops for a second. Stops long enough for me to get to my feet. When I get to my feet, he's probably about eight feet in front of me. He is calling me on. Come on, you know, egging me on to fight. Really upset now. And I really want to fight this guy. But... I'm seeing about quadruple vision of everything. So I don't know which of the four of them I have to fight at this point. So I decide that there's about 30 people involved in this fight now on their side, about 10 on our side. So we're outnumbered two to one. We are not doing so hot here. There's at this point, I didn't know, but there was four of us that sustained injuries. One got bottled right in the face, on the head. One got his eyes gouged. Another got an orbital bone broken from, I don't know, if it was a bottle or a punch or whatever the case is. And I was down with whatever to the head. I thought, you know what, I'm going to live to fight another day. (laughs) So I back up long enough where I see he's not coming after me. I turn around. I kind of hobble over in the best I can to the bathroom where we have one of those pay-to-piss washroom attendants. I grab one of the towels, put it on my head. I go to the back area. That night, there were four of us. that We shared the, the ambulance to the hospital. I got, I got four staples in my head back there. This one left a scar, but it didn't need to be stitched up at all. And that was that. I go, uh, by the time I get home, I take off all my clothes to shower because I got blood and vodka and who knows what else all over me. And I'll never forget it. And so I'm looking in the mirror. My, the entire side of my face here is just solid red because of the blood coming. As you know, the, the head's a bleeder, right? I take off my shirt. I t- unbuckle my belt and I take off my pants and all the way down here, my entire right side of my body on the front is just soaked red. I look like Braveheart in the, with the blue. <laughs> all the way down to my belt line and it just stops at my belt line because it was, it soaked through my shirt and everything, but the belt stopped it from going any lower. And then that was basically it. Then I, I think I took a couple weeks off, but I needed to get back to work. So I just threw a hat on while the cut was healing and back to work I went. So that's my my story with lots of mistakes made, lots of lessons learned.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds pretty crazy. There's a ton of stuff in there. We'll break down the lessons learned. I love the end of the story where you mentioned, and I think anybody who's played a sport or worked in a force profession has had that moment where they're like well yeah i'm hurt but i gotta work or i gotta play so i put a hat on or tape it down coach or whatever right i remember i was doing a taekwondo tournament because i also started taekwondo it was what was available and i competed for like some kind of trophy or some whatever and i broke my toe at a virtual arcade before in vancouver so like (laughs) well i came we took a greyhound from edmonton to vancouver to compete i'm like well i'm definitely going to compete so i taped down that foot right same thing with bouncing i think and this is did you get a backlash from so i always talk about in self-defense stuff there's like this cultural backlash sometimes when you do what you need to do in a situation other people wouldn't agree with did you get right. a backlash from a spouse or friends am like oh take more time off work you're like no i gotta work and uh, no, i had no i had
0: some mixed feelings and some people with mixed feelings that i should take the time off like if you get end if something happened the bar at the time the bar owners they gave us the, the four of us that got injured they gave us as, as much time off as we were unpaid obviously but <laughs> take, take as much time off as you need yeah but i'm like Sure, I, I need more time off, but I needed to eat too, you know. It wasn't it wasn't really paid time off, which would have been super nice. I went back and yeah, my girlfriend at the time, you know, wasn't really happy about it. My parents at the time, they're at my first fight in 2007 when I got knocked out pretty bad too. So they they just have memories. They have like PTSD from concussions, <laughs> my concussions. They have the PTSD, <laughs> uh, so they, they don't like to hear those stories. And of course. Generally speaking, any kind of significant other I've ever been with has not been... They've been supportive, but they would be really happy if you said you were leaving that line of work. Yeah, of course.
1: My favorite thing in that industry was when you meet somebody at the club, and then they get mad at you for working at the club they met you at so you're like what <laughs> yeah. like you knew what i did when we started it's like yeah if you date a stripper and she continues to be a stripper you don't get to be mad that she's a stripper oh. like so you <laughs> just, like date a bouncer you cannot get mad that they continue to be a bouncer but i That's find right. it funny because like people when we talk about uh, in the self-defense world especially when we talk about aftermath, nobody seems to talk about the cultural aftermath, right? Which is like Thanksgiving dinner, you have a black guy and your grandma's like, I don't know, you should have been a doctor, right? Like you're getting all this, like you're getting all this garbage back. And you're like, I'm just trying to eat. Like, I have a job. I'm going to school. Most bouncers, at least in Canada, it's not their full-time profession. They're going to school. They have something, it's a second job because their first job doesn't pay enough. And, anyways, I find that fascinating. So, and I agree. I think a lot of spouses tend to be like, please stop doing this. Awesome. TJ, we're going to jump over to lessons learned, but first, why don't you tell all of the listeners where they can get a hold of you, your social media, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Sure. The main page you can go to, which has all kind of the avenues to all the other social media and whatnot is kennedytactical.ca. Right on the homepage there, you have all the little buttons at top to take you to the social media. You can get to the podcast from there, which is called the Kabata Canuck. You can get to our online training center on Patreon, everything on that main page, kennedytactical.ca, or Instagram is kind of the main thing I'm active on, and that's at kennedy.tactical.
1: And that's 100% true. I met him on Instagram. I was like, oh, cool. Because he has a cool show that I recommend you check out, Combat Canuck. And I was like, I think I need to be on the Combat Canuck. I'm a Canuck and I've done combat. So I, I, think, I think I make the requirements for the show. So I guess look forward to me one day on his show. Enjoy, follow all of the things that he just mentioned. And if you would like to, we would love to have you over on Lessons Learned on Patreon. was I thinking?